Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's saint needs no introduction. She is the teenage maid of Orléans, a feminist symbol of defiance, the patron saint of France, and so much more. We're talking about the one and only Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc was born into a peasant family in a small French village around 1412. She spent most of her childhood in the village doing things like sewing and taking care of the family animals. When Joan turned 13, her life became a whole lot less ordinary. She started to hear voices she later said were the Archangel Michael, St. Catherine, and St. Margaret. The three voices encouraged her to live a religiously devoted life. At the time, the French were hoping to crown a new French-blooded monarch following the death of Charles VI and the English Henry V. Charles VII was the king the country had in mind, and he took on the title Dauphin, or heir to the throne. All the while, Joan's religious visions were telling her that she would be the savior of France and that she should seek audience with the Dauphin to help him defeat the English and take the throne. In 1428, Joan traveled to the commune of Vaucouleurs. She wanted to speak with the local garrison commander so she could get permission to meet with the Dauphin. Needless to say, the commander was confused when a young peasant girl arrived and insisted that she had to meet with the heir to the throne. He refused. But after months of persistence, Joan was granted an armed escort to Chinon. When Joan arrived at the Dauphin's court, she had to prove herself right away. First, she piqued Charles's interest when she was able to identify him while he was disguised in a crowd of ordinary court members. Legends say that she further impressed him by revealing she knew the secret details of his prayers during a private conversation. To be absolutely certain of Joan's sincerity, Charles then had her examined by a group of theologians. Their conclusion was clear. She was truly pious. So Charles conceded and outfitted Joan with armor, her own banner, and her very own battalion. Some say she implemented strict rules for her men, making them give up prostitutes, looting, and swearing, and making them go to confession. Joan's battalion won multiple victories against the English. They took control of enemy fortifications on May 7, 1429. The very next day, though she was wounded, Joan led the soldiers to win the battle that lifted English control of Orléans. Joan and her soldiers continued winning, and Charles was crowned King of France on July 17, 1429. Joan stood visibly at his side during the coronation. After Charles VII became king, Joan wanted to keep fighting to fully expel the English from the country. But the new king was more interested in establishing peace with Burgundy, who'd aided the English in the war. Those attempts to foster peace failed, and the country was back at war by 1430. The renewed violence led to Joan's doom. On May 23, 1430, Joan's soldiers were ambushed by Burgundian troops. Her battalion rushed back to the gates of the city, but Joan herself wound up trapped outside. She was captured as the doors closed. The Duke of Burgundy sold Joan to the English for 10,000 francs. All the while, the French king ignored her capture. The English army turned Joan over to the church so she could be tried as a heretic. Among her dozens of charges were accusation of witchcraft, heresy, and dressing like a man. 
Her five-month-long trial received much attention for Joan's witty comebacks to her interrogators. Joan was convicted of crimes including idolatry and was burned at the stake on May 30, 1431, in front of a crowd of 10,000 people. She was 19 years old. After the Hundred Years' War ended, a rehabilitation trial opened for Joan, and inquisitors determined that her original trial was void for fraud and errors of law. In 1456, she was found innocent. Hundreds of years later, in 1920, Joan was canonized, making her the only historical figure to be both condemned and canonized by the Catholic Church. Throughout history, Joan's name, image, and legend have taken on many meanings. In the 16th century, she became a national heroine and a recurring figure in all forms of art, plays, poems, paintings, statues, and more. Throughout the Republican and Napoleonic eras, she represented defiance against the English and opposition to foreign attacks. During World War II, leaders of the French Resistance used Joan of Arc's symbol, the Cross of Lorraine, to represent free France. Tune in tomorrow for the story of another amazing woman from history. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.